0: Hello and welcome to Is This Anime? I'm your anime expert, Jack Metcalf. And joining us once again is Mark Blankafleur. Mark, how are you? I'm doing well.
1: Thanks for having me on again, man.
0: Yeah, man. And you have picked this week's anime. We are talking Golden Boy. And yes. uh, let's just get right into it. Mark, I asked you what you wanted to do. I offered one anime. Uh, you, you declined to do that anime. I will not say the anime because we will probably do it at some point. It's all good. No judgment. But Mark, mm-hmm. why Golden Boy?
1: Alright, so Golden Boy holds a, uh, a very special place in my heart. Uh, it is probably one of the like, funniest animes I've, I've watched. It's also one of the first animes that I've, I've watched. Um, not including uh, Sailor Moon and Dragon Ball. Um, so a little backstory for me, the reason why I love it so much. I, it just brings back uh, a time of like joy. For me, uh, so I think I was first exposed to this series, and I want to say around 1998, uh, sh- a few years sh- after the um, the anime had come out. Uh, so I was actually in California, San Diego, uh, visiting my family, like I do in the summers. And my cousin's friend at the time was like, "Oh, you should, you know, oh, you're just getting into anime. You should check this out. I think you'd like it." Um, and he lent uh, a VHS tape. I think it had two or three episodes on it. So the first two or three episodes. And obviously after the first, um, the first episode, I was hooked. Um, it was funny. Uh, it appealed to my uh, young uh, teenager uh, interests. And um, it was funny. It was, it was cool and, and um, enjoyable. So um, And it sort of stuck with me since. So, uh, Golden Boy, always one of my favorites. I will always suggest suggest it for uh, mature audiences because um, I think it, it I think it, it stood out in its time for for what it was. So yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, my experience with Golden Boy. This was actually the first time I ever watched it in full. Um, so literally just like half an hour before recording, I just finished the series. Um, but basically. I became aware of Golden Boy uh, there was a magazine called New Type magazine maybe it's even still around but it was like an anime focused magazine and like you know the and this is like mid 2000s so I'm like 12 years old or some shit.
1: Oh yeah, and New Type's been around for a long time.
0: Yeah, and I had another another friend at the time who was super into anime so he would, you know, share share me this stuff. And yeah, there was a DVD that was in that was part of one of the issues. Maybe even I'm getting this wrong, but that's how I remember it at least. And basically um this DVD had a bunch of trailers and like pilots for different shows. Um there was like some circus show, I don't remember the name. It was like some girl who can like talk to objects that are part of the circus, some shit. Then there was Cutie Honey, which I became a which is one that stuck with me. We've never covered Cutie Honey on the podcast, but uh, but I'm familiar with that one just because of Gona Guy who's done a lot of shit. Um we did Devilman of course. But then yeah, Golden Boy was one of those shows that there was like kind of like an extended trailer for. So I was aware of it through that. And then yeah, like Golden Boy, it is one of those like classic nineties anime that you always kind of hear about. Um, but yeah, this is the first time I actually got to watch it. It's always fun, you know, getting me the, the quote unquote anime expert, which again is a bullshit term because there's so much fucking anime. <laughs> There's yeah. too much anime. Any anytime you say like, "Hey, I love anime," someone recommends you five fucking shows you've never heard of, mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. and they're always gonna be the most obscure things too. From like 1988 or like you know 97, where it's it was like it's like Golden Boy, where it's like it was only uh, out for like six episodes, and like you gotta dig deep into like VHS archives to find them. You know, almost kind of like to an extent like vinyl hunting, right? So. Yeah, I mean, I'm not
0: even sure. I mean, I'm reading here Media Blasters lost the license in 2012 and it was later acquired by Discotech Media. So like I'm not even sure if there's like a Blu-ray transfer. I don't think it's on Crunchyroll. I watched it on a free site. Don't at me. <laughs> um, anyways,
1: I think, honestly, I think it's on YouTube. Like I was just looking on YouTube. It's on YouTube? And, YouTube? Y- yeah. People have like like <laughs> and like the the um the um, the dubs are on I, I think I see a six episode playlist, so
0: Okay, there you go. Cause like I was like on uh, watch cartoons online or some shit. But yeah, the fact that it's on YouTube. I mean, again, Berserk is on YouTube. Like it's just kind of crazy. The whole, an- we could do an entire podcast about like the mysteries of anime licensing, about how like seemingly very iconic shows are just there on YouTube because like one company, <laughs> multiple companies don't know if they fucking own it. <laughs> They're just like, I oh, don't know. Do we own this shit? I oh, don't know. Crunchyroll doesn't have it. So who the fuck knows? Yeah. Um. Anyways, this uh, anime, it is a six-episode OVA, so again, the episodes aren't like 22 minutes, they're about 28. Um, it was written and illustrated in manga form by Tatsuya Agawa. The manga has 10 volumes, and there was also a sequel that came out in uh, 2010 and ran for like 10 months called Golden Boy 2. Um, here's the thing about the manga, you know, when, when you talk about a lot of series, people are like, hey, the... The manga is, at the very least, equal to the anime, if not better. I mean, it's like it's like Berserk. You know, any Berserk fan is going to say, "Hey, just read the read the manga." Honestly, One Piece fans they'll be like, "Hey, read the manga. There's no filler, whatever." Dragon Ball, hey, no filler. Toriyama's art rules, yada yada yada. Golden Boy is the rare manga where you go on Reddit and they're like, "Do not read the manga. It sucks." Mark, yeah. have you read? The, have you read the manga?
1: Uh, I, it's been a long time. I definitely after tonight, I, I might, I might go ahead and reread it. Um, I don't remember it being much different. Um, I think, I think what, it, what drew me to it was because like, because of my love for Golden Boy, I wanted mm. to see, I wanted to see Kintaro get into different hijinks, sort of see what he can get into. Uh, and then I think it became repetitive after that. And then I do believe there was some controversy near the end with some political stuff. So I think that's what sort of kiboshed the entire thing.
0: So, I mean, I I kind of jumped around. I read I read the uh, first, like, volume or two. And, yeah, the, the first volume or two is basically what's covered in the anime. Then a bunch of other stuff happens, and then it becomes more serialized. And then, most notably, it just becomes basically just pornography at a certain point (laughs) Mm -hmm. uh it's just full-blown sex scenes multi-chapter long sex scenes um the uh the final volume which i read just again has sex scenes that go on for multiple chapters (laughs) um and yeah i mean it's the the fan base does not seem to care for it i like the way that this anime you know again could could we see more hijinks with kentaro totally but I like the way that these six episodes kind of tie in together because you know it's self-contained. Obviously, it's got a sitcom nature, so you could see it going on further. Mm-hmm. But I'm satisfied
1: with what we have. If you know what I mean, I th- I think so too. Um, for me though, uh, I it because it it it's such uh, it holds such a a special place for me. I would I would have liked to see it go maybe another six or maybe another you know sort of your typical um uh anime or anime series length you know a, a twelve thirteen episode length um, yeah absolutely but but six is good i i think I think for sure, like just like you were saying, and I think a lot of people say this, you get a lot of the gist of what Kintaro and the series is about in like the first two episodes, um because it sort of becomes like paint by numbers sort of with with sort of how the the formula gets with with Kintaro and how he um you know shows up screws up, redeems himself, disappears. That's sort of like the gist of how Golden Boy works. Um, And there's only so many times you can see that, right? Uh, And there's only so many times I can see toilet jokes uh, before it gets a little
0: too much. I I did read on Reddit that Kentaro does develop a golden shower fetish, so... (laughs) i guess that's not a huge shock especially as you know the manga author just kind of was like fuck it this is just this is just that type of manga at this point also he apparently directed some pornographic films later on in his life so he's kind of he hasn't just done manga he's also just kind of settled into his true
1: love which is good 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 for him i I guess he got his practice with golden boy and doing storyboards and he's like hey i think i can make this into a movie
0: yeah, fair enough. Yeah, he's worked with some AV actresses. He's he's even adapted one of his um. He he did a manga called Tokyo University Story. He turned that into a live action film. So, oh, you know, I'm I'm surprised he didn't turn Golden Boy into a live action film. Because again, there's there's no dragons or shit in in Golden Boy. You could easily turn again. Like as I'm watching this, I'm watching this with like 2022 20, eyes, but mm-hmm. nothing. That's the problem because again, uh, this manga it runs from 1992 to 1997. Um, The anime it comes out in 1995. Again, you've you've seen far worse shit in Revenge of the Nerds and American Pie. Like
1: that's true. That's true. Yeah,
0: yeah. When you put those 2022 goggles on, sometimes you're gonna cringe. And also, like, first off, I think the first episode in terms of in terms of how it gets, I think that one's the most egregious. When I watch the first episode, I'm just like, oh shit. Is, is Kentaro just the most annoying fucking
1: character? Uh, yeah, I, I think for sure. Like, the first episode might be the most extreme of his, like, uh, pervishness, uh, I, I guess you could call it. Uh, I'm just trying to quickly recall any of the other episodes. If it gets much worse, mm, maybe the swimming episode, but not to the extent of, like, some of the actions he has done in the first episode.
0: Yeah, and also his personality. He's doing, like, a lot of screaming. I just found it kind of annoying. Uh-huh. Um, but thankfully, it does get toned down. I was endeared to Kentaro by the end. That's okay. the thing. That's good, yeah. But yeah, that first episode, certainly, I'm just like, oh, shit. Oh, my God. Mark, what did you fucking make me watch? Do I got, do I got you know, <laughs> watch, watch two and a half more hours of this shit? Um, but yeah, it does make the first episode look better by comparison just because, like, I know what it's building up to. I'm happy. So... When we are introduced to Kentaro in episode one, he is riding his his, uh, bicycle. It is a Mikazuki five. Uh, five, uh, And he's, he's got his headphones in. He's like, la, 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 la. And he crashes into a bunch of garbage and he says, I guess headphones and bicycles don't mix. (laughs) Uh, But thankfully a beautiful blonde woman offers him cash. Uh, He says he can't take it. And, you know, he offers it back to her. She smacks his cash away. And then she says, it's a tip to keep your bike off the sidewalk. And (laughs) uh, he's got this notebook. He's constantly writing uh, life lessons in his notebook. And he writes down, he's like, well, that was educational. Some women are scary. Uh, There's a great scene afterwards where, like, Yakuza are threatening uh, his bike mechanic and Kentaro, it looks like he's about to like beat up these yakuza. It's like you know, getting into like kind of an action scene. He's like pulling up to them, and then he just goes into an alley. <laughs> <laughs> I love that shit. Uh, and then he just like writes some observations about the yakuza. <laughs> yeah, uh, but
1: the Buddha, the Buddha line, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, the
0: Buddha line. Anyways, turns out the scary lady, she is Kentaro's new boss. Um, Kentaro's job to clean some toilets we get our first bit of toilet humor he's like oh boy i bet the boss lady uses this toilet and he's like you know drinking from the bidet and shit
1: (laughs) and not only that he gets caught
0: by of course he does of course he does it's a comedy he has to be caught (laughs)
1: Mm -hmm. Uh, because it's it's quite comical because you see him um from like the low angle behind the toilet and you see him just sort of uh, smushing his face into the toilet seat. And you see in the background, you see the, um, the quite voluptuous and, and pretty-looking boss um, standing behind him, just absolutely, like, sort of livid as to what he's actually doing.
0: So, so this uh, job is a software company, and Kentaro, because he didn't own a computer, he trained for the job. By, uh, by typing on a computer, he made a paper. I love that. The great visual gag. We get this uh, scenario where um, there, there's one, you know, everyone's left the office, it's dark, there's one computer that is turned on, and Kentaro is like, oh my god, that's wasting electricity. I better unplug it. Guess what? Turns out there's some important files on there. And <laughs> uh, the boss lady finds out he's lost all the files because he turned it off, and there's, there's no cloud. It didn't autosave. What a, what a time, you know. You you always got to save your work, yo. But, you know, this is like...
1: Sorry, yeah, I, I was just going to say, you would think that these companies would be like, oh, we should, if this is an important prog- or program or program or software that we're working on for a client, we should probably have backups and additional backups.
0: <laughs> it, you know what? It's 1995. people People's computer knowledge was just, you know, they, you know. I don't want to make an IQ joke, but again, it's just... It-
1: well, it was still were... <laughs> in it. Right? Like, people were like, oh, no, I can't lose this.
0: Yeah. They were just a little primitive compared to us. And, you know, now we just got the cloud. You know, you do anything, it's in the cloud for better or worse.
1: I mean, I don't, um... I do redundancies. So I have like a, additional
0: backups. Nice. I know. Um, I just think of like Pokemon where I would like save my game like twice just to make sure it saved.
1: Yeah. yeah. That's, that's exactly it. So, so part of like the gaming, like, growing up gaming it's just like you could very easily lose a save file for like a corrupt memory card or just you know it's it's three in the morning you're you're kind of sleepy and you sort of save over a a file right so yeah that kind of stuff teaches us to be like maybe i should have a separate save file at the other end of the save file spectrum you know where it's like different slots 10 slots so like you know what it's going to be in slot number nine
0: I, I don't know enough about the software company's uh, saving system, though. They don't give yeah. us enough information. We need—we needed ten more minutes that explained it. We needed like a a Hunter X Hunter. Uh, oh fuck! I said X. No, it's Hunter Hunter. Uh, over <laughs> over explanation of how the save system works in this series. Anyways, uh, boss lady, she tell she tells him, "Hey, you just like crashed the system. We lost a bunch of important data." She shreds his notebook in revenge and uh, basically fires him. But then it turns out Kentaro actually made a backup software that was far better. And then on top of it, Kentaro gave the ten grand to the old mechanic and his family. So his boss declares that Kentaro was the real thing after all, and this thus begins the pattern of this uh, show. Kentaro seemingly fucks up and pisses everyone off, only to discover he was actually incredible at his job. And then it's all too late; he's already left before they can reward him
1: reward him with sex. Presumably. Or a job. <laughs> or. But it just seems like, I think, with the way, with each theme <laughs> wide, it, was, it was very much a physical... Oh,
0: game. absolutely. Again, like, the whole joke is that Kentaro, like, starts off as this repulsive character, and and by the end, the the, the lady of the episode is completely fallen for him. <laughs> Which, like, could be, like, annoying in a, like, a harem way, but again, the fact that Kentaro does... Listen, I'm Kintaro has probably done this a lot. He's he's done this many times. I mean, even I
1: like, yeah, for sure. Like g- going by this, you could tell this wasn't Kintaro's uh, first rodeo with like fucking up and then doing well and then disappearing.
0: Yeah, that's just his thing. He, he you know, he he likes sex. He's a horny and perverted, but you know, he he kind of likes doing the Irish goodbye. That's his like thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: I, I I was just saying I I didn't think I I got the idea that. That um, Kintaro was very well versed in the physical aspects of, of of everything. I think it's only from stuff he's seen through like videos or heard from other other people. I don't think he's well versed in, in sexual activity. In the manga,
0: I- he, in the manga, eventually he just straight up is like having sex with every woman. <laughs> oh yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> the manga, yeah. Uh, um
1: the
0: the girl he ends up who ends up becoming like his main love interest is the girl from episode two.
1: Oh, okay.
0: Yeah, uh, But that's a whole nother thing Anyways, uh, I love <laughs> I love this uh, and I wrote it all down Kentaro Owe, age 25 After studying law at Tokyo University He left the school before graduation Curiously enough, however He finished all the courses required for his degree Since that time, he has roamed the land Changing jobs frequently As he studies the world around him Riding his favorite bike, the Mikazuki 5 He keeps moving forward always on the lookout for new knowledge and adventure. And who knows, perhaps someday he may even save the world. <laughs> Again, the, the manga just becomes so focused on the, the physical aspects of Kentaro's life that, like, no, it could have, like, escalated into just, like, Kentaro, like, saving the world from aliens or some shit with his, like, incredible techniques. <laughs> you know what?
1: There, there, were, there were times in this movie where I thought he was actually an alien, just for, like, pure stupid reason. Uh, all from the second episode, to be honest. That would have been
0: awesome. I don't. Again, it's disappointing that the manga just kind of de- devolves effectively. Because, like, you could escalate this concept into just like, okay, Kentaro, Kentaro solves World War Three. Kentaro, you know, yeah, solves yeah. the energy crisis. Like, we could come up with a dozen fun things for Kentaro to solve, and all you know, you could have a beautiful woman attached to every one of those scenarios.
1: That's, that's the golden boy in, in a different uh, multiverse. Um, a, much, a much better version where it goes on for like 100 episodes
0: and it's the greatest thing ever.
1: Yeah, where the, the, the mangaka doesn't uh, delve into the porn, uh, the porn tree and then goes into the, uh, the more, um, like I don't know, the story tree as opposed to yeah, the pornography tree.
0: Yeah, you know, escalation. Anyways, episode two. We open with Kentaro seeing a girl's panties. And declaring he's seen an angel. And in this episode, he is working for uh, the mayor. He's, the mayor's on like his third term or something. His name is Mayor Katsuda. And even the local yakuza <laughs> work for the mayor. This mayor is very well respected by the population. And uh, basically, Kentaro volunteers to help some old woman. And while cleaning, he runs into the girl he fell for, who happens to be the mayor's daughter. And uh, this episode was a fun one because it turns out this girl is equal, arguably even more perverted than uh, Kentaro. This girl, Naoko. Oh,
1: so, okay. I
0: don't know. Isn't that how you felt? I mean, like the mess, You know, she's the one who like really fucking wants it. I don't know. That's how I felt, at least.
1: I felt that I felt that she just wanted. Uh, I felt that she just wanted to toy with Kentaro. She's toy. Like, doing-
0: she- she's toying with them, but by the end, she's like, oh yeah, I want you to take my virginity. Like she's like, right, right, right.
1: But, but like, I, I feel like she's always had like suitors try to sort of get with her and they've always been scared of her father. So, so this is, this is her enjoyment is just torturing men into the thinking that uh, she wants them and that they'll have a chance and everything like that. And I think that's, I think the, the way that this episode uh, ends up is, is why uh she, Sort of gives Kintaro the go-ahead to to take her virginity.
0: Yeah, because um, what is yeah, Kintaro knows the game, and that's the thing. She thinks he's actually playing dumb this whole time, basically.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. So like she um, so she thinks so she's like oh he's been, I mean she finds out midway and then tries to to get him like uh, in trouble and everything like that. And Kintaro, being who he is, um, sort of perseveres through it. And 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 gets sort of the girl in the end, right?
0: Yeah, so there's there's a couple of fun scenarios. Uh, she pretends to faint, so he touches her boobs and butts. Um, and yeah, the whole thing is that because her father's the mayor, um, she knows that he and any other of these suitors can't actually do anything. That's kind of the whole point. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Uh, um, Naoko, she has this inner monologue describing all the ways Kentaro can plow her. And <laughs> then she says, what a typical man only thinks about sex. And it's like, you know, Girl, were you listening to, like, your inner monologue? Yeah. Like, hey, yeah, that's what I'm saying about her. Like, you know, she, she, you know, she, she's she's pretty horny herself, you know. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, so what happens is uh, Naoko, she reads Kentaro's notes and realizes he saw right through her. And then Naoko does something not so nice. She accuses Kentaro of attacking her. Uh, she says this to, like, her father. And then Kentaro, he kisses her, declares his love for her, and then uh, the mayor's uh, men just beat the shit out of them. <laughs> yeah, but I it,
1: that, was of, that was one of the funnier scenes. Is uh, w- when she screams, and then it pans or it cuts to the next scene where it's it's a shot down the hallway, and you just see like the um, the henchmen, the goons, the yakuza, just running, trying to see what's going on, and it just looks so funny.
0: Yeah. Uh, But here's the thing, it makes uh, Naoko fall for him even harder. And then she does later return his notebook and says, next time he returns, he can be the one to take her virginity. And then the mayor also says Kentaro has earned his respect. And Naoko says, through all of this, she has learned not to live in her father's shadow.
1: So within this episode, there are two instances here where I actually think uh, Kentaro, or what made me think that Kentaro was actually not of this earth. Uh, and it's all probably like the first one is when he first shows up, uh, he's looking up at, at the at the daughter um, in there and the house lady comes and says, oh, here, I want you to deliver this thing, which is a bottle of alcohol to deliver to, I think, the, um, the mayor's office or the mayor's um, uh, campaign headquarters so that they can celebrate for all the people helping and everything like that. But he does such a, a sudden 180 turn with his head. Uh, that he he his his face is is looking directly behind him, but his body is facing the other way. So I was like, mm, "How does your body do that?" Right? Uh, I guess I guess for
0: me, I just saw it as a cartoon, so I'm just like, yeah, "Okay, yeah. that's how."
1: <laughs> yeah. So there, there's that, and then the other part, the other part of the episode uh, is when uh, N- uh, Neoko, uh sort of brings him to her room, and she grabs him by the hand, and his hand sort of morphs into something else. And I'm Oh, like, yeah. <laughs> like, hmm, are you really? But, uh, but, yeah, like you said, it just chalked that up to just it being a cartoon and, and all those things just sort of being like in his, you know, crazy head and everything like that.
0: Yeah. I enjoyed this episode. I mean, again, this is where I'm like, okay, maybe the show isn't going to be that bad. But we're, we're certainly getting different female characters. And, yeah. Uh, it, it was good. Thing.
1: It was a good contrast to the first one. Um and then to to bring it sort of down, it wasn't I wouldn't say it's overly the, over the top, um but it was it was a different kind of it was a different kind of story than than I thought I was getting uh from the first one.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think Naoko is a fun foil, you know, because we mm-hmm. we we saw Kentaro as kind of the main pervert and then like I said, in my opinion at least, Naoko, Naoko is the more perverted one. You know, she's she's like the the Catholic school girl. She Yes, she, she comes oh, yeah, across. Yeah. She comes across as like, oh no, I'm, uh, you know, I'm totally chasing. It's like, no, no, she, she's, you know, <laughs> she wants. Yeah. It. <laughs> yeah she's. Uh, anyways, um, episode three. Kentaro, he's is working for a noodle restaurant. Our new lead girl is named Noriko, and Noriko is being courted by a man named Mister uh, Kagure, and he appears honorable and charming, but of course, he's a sleazy piece of shit. <laughs> So he is trying to take ownership of this noodle restaurant and uh, he says he's going to marry Noriko and then divorce her after six months and then he'll put his side girl on instead.
1: Yeah, uh, well, the whole, the whole thing was for the building, right? Not, not for the restaurant?
0: Yeah, exactly. And then, um, what is it? Uh, unfortunately, uh, for uh, Kagare... Uh, Kentaro has been listening to this plan the entire time and he's just like taking notes and he's like, uh, I'm sorry to bother you. Do you mean what you just said?
1: Yeah, there. Uh, so, uh, I forgot what it is So the, the antagonist and his girlfriend are, uh, making out in a car parked parking lot of a car and, uh, they're going hot and heavy. And that's where he, he, uh, explains his, his whole plan. Meanwhile, uh, Kintaro is sitting outside of the car just taking notes, like you said.
0: I love it. I love it. And uh, the the game in this episode is uh, Kaguri, he's trying to hook up with Nariko, but then uh, it's, like, dark. They're at, like, a, a sporting event or some shit. I don't know. I, I can't remember. Uh, horse,
1: horse racing. Um, horse racing.
0: Oh, it was horse racing, yeah. So they're at, like, a horse racing thing, and I guess it's dark because, like, um, Kaguri is, like, trying to hook up with Nariko. But then, uh, Kentaro is also there, so he's, like, takey- taking every hit for the team. <laughs> he's,
1: hidden, he's hidden in a giant, uh, horse outfit. That, okay. was sort of, that's, that, sort of, that sort of blended in the room, or whatever it was. Okay. So, yeah, so he's, he's on the couch. Uh, they're both on the couch, they're watching the races, and he's trying to make out with her. And he's trying to u- utilize all his special techniques that he knows. Uh, and meanwhile, uh, True, true to who Kentaro is, he 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 uh, jumps in front of the bullet for the president, and 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 like you said, takes all the hits, and it's quite comical. I love it.
0: Um, so we do get this confrontation uh, with Kaguri. Uh, he confronts Kentaro over this whole thing. He's like, "Oh, you've you know you've foiled my whole plan. I'm so mad at you." And of course, Noriko uh, listens in on it, and she's very upset. This is the moment I liked, where um, Kaguri tries to fight Kentaro. Mm-hmm. And you you would think, given the series is like a gag series, it, it would end with you know Kentaro getting beaten up. We saw him getting beaten up in the previous episode, but no, yeah,
1: like like every every time you see every time you see uh, any physical altercation with Kentaro, he's getting his shit knocked in.
0: But no, Kaguri sucks at fighting because he's just a bag piece of shit, and Kentaro beats him up. And I was like, fuck yeah, Kentaro,
1: because Kentaro is also a black belt in karate. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I mean, listen, you could get, you can get not the word meta, but you could be like, oh no, was, did Kentaro actually get his ass beat in the previous episode? Was this all just part of his elaborate plan? Was he like 40 chessing this shit?
1: Yeah, I I think, I think uh, Kentaro knows when, much like any martial arts, knows when he needs to use it, right? Yeah. Uh, And so this is one of those times where he knows he has to use it, as opposed to, you know, being beat up by a girl in the first episode. Uh, and being beat up by a gang of Yakuza versus this one, where it's just one guy who's just a giant piece of shit.
0: Um, And of course, typical episode Noriko realizes Kentaro did the right thing and Kentaro bails. And we move on to the next story. Uh, Episode four, he sees a hottie who is like an Olympic level swimmer. Her name is Ayuko Hayami. And he decides to become a swimmer as well. He becomes a swim instructor. (laughs) <laughs> uh, unfortunately at first he is not so good a swimmer uh, so he's like teaching swimming lessons for children uh this but is, luckily
1: <laughs> sorry this, i just want to interject yeah in this episode is probably one of the best jokes or gags in the entire series
0: what's what, all right what, what is it
1: it's when um so like you said uh, he goes. He sees this beautiful woman. Uh, akin's, uh, you know, um, describes her as being a wild beast of the savannah and everything like, because she has a little bit of a darker skin. Um, and he follows her in and says, "I want to be, um, I want to be a swimmer." Or, sorry, I want to be, I, I want to be, I want to work with you. I want to be, you know, an instructor here. I want to work here with you. And he's like, "Well, we teach swimming here. We need to see your swimming skills." And he goes, "That's fine. I can do it." And uh, the entire staff is gathered around, and he goes to the starting blocks of the uh, of of the pool. And you know they blow the whistle, whatever, and he jumps in the pool. And you see it; it's just the most pristine, amazing dive as as possible that you can get. Like, oh my god, this guy fucking Kintaro knows how to fucking swim. And then you see it, and he dives in. It's a perfect dive, and it's like. Five ten seconds. It's still him underwater, and like holy shit, this—he's going far. And then after that, he comes up, and he's like, he's gasping for air. He doesn't know how to swim, and he's like choking, and he's about to drown. And he does that for the entire length of the pool. Like, he's like, he is, he is, uh, just hapless. He like, he's gonna die. But as soon as his hand touches the end of the pool. He gets up, looks, and then like the animation changes, right? Like it goes from the soft to like the very extreme. All the definition is is there, and everything like that. And then he's just like, "How do you like my swimming now?" or something like that. And it was just so funny. So, yeah. and, and like I said, it's one of the best gags of the entire uh, entire series. Uh, so yeah, Kintaro,
0: he's teaching uh, children how to swim. There's also, you know, he's pretty happy that the other swim instructors are also hotties. Uh, mm-hmm. And then he challenges uh, Hayami to a race. Um, you know, she's of course ahead of him, but he he is right behind her. So behind, uh, <laughs> he, he catches up and he, he gets a whiff of her crotch, and uh, he is elated. He is he is he is in heaven. And you know, mm-hmm. make make the jokes that you want. Um, but luckily for him, um, I, Hayami, her first reaction is like, "Whoa, Kentaro caught up to me."
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Not the fact that you know he, w- he was you know, trying to get a little munch on. It's the fact that he caught up to her that she is most stunned by. Uh, but unfortunately, Kentaro, he was wearing a speedio. And, uh, you know, uh, it, it falls out. It falls out. It, it whips it.
1: Kentaro, Kentaro Jr. Uh, decides <laughs> to show up.
0: Yeah, and that's where, boom, Kentaro gets fired. And, you know, that's... Uh, I guess it was unintentional
1: but yeah, you know, <laughs> but he—I think he destroyed the sanctity of the pool or something like that, and then yeah.
0: yeah. And listen, he already, he already, he already got lucky where you know he got, he got, he got to, he got yeah, to get but, a whiff, and she didn't even notice.
1: Yeah, this is that's like the closest he's ever gotten to like to being anyone physical uh, in in the series, with the exception of of the uh, antagonist in the in the in the uh, in the episode before.
0: Yeah. Uh, But anyways, in the aftermath of Kentaro's tenure, it turns out his techniques uh, were a big hit with the the younger kids. Because he would basically put rings at the bottom of the pool and it would encourage the kids who were afraid of water to go underwater and pick them up. And then kids who were more confident, they would put the rings in the deeper end of the pool and they would pick them up. So, turns out
1: Kentaro... Sorry I I just wanted to to inter, uh to to uh, interrupt. That's actually kind of really cool because when I learned how to swim, that's how I learned how to get my head underwater and everything like that. Oh really? It was it was, it was it, when I was a kid it was it was a game like it was exactly that. It was rings. It would be just like uh let's see who can get the most rings, you know, blah 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 and they would be underwater you would have to, it, it would be like you know six feet of water and you know being a kid you know you're only like three feet four feet or whatever and you know you would have to submerge yourself and open your eyes at the bottom of the pool to grab those rings so I remember I remember that vividly when I was uh, learning how to swim
0: shit all right Kentaro Kentaro knows what's up yeah uh, and so uh, Hayami she gets a flashback with her own father and she says a quote which I think it's supposed to sound beautiful, but to me, it was one of the dumbest things I've ever heard, which is (laughs) learning to like water is the first step to becoming a first class swimmer. And I was like, you fucking think (laughs) Hayami? No uh, shit. Oh no. She's an athlete. Maybe she's not the best with words.
1: Well, yeah. Uh, Hence hence why, why like her, her sort of business was, Almost failing, not failing, but like wasn't performing up to her standards until you know Kentaro came back, right? Or came in
0: episode five. Kentaro he meets a hottie with a motorcycle. So, of course, Kentaro he's got his uh meet meet Suzuki five, his iconic meet Suzuki five, meets a girl with a motorcycle. This is like the perfect pairing, you know? We're like ready. This is like Batman versus Superman. We are ready for this shit. Uh, (laughs) but it turns out. Uh, the job isn't going to be like working for a motorcycle mechanic or some shit. Nope. He's working for a wealthy family. He sees a toilet, which he hugs yet again.
1: <laughs> I think at this point, this is the third toilet joke.
0: Yeah. I'm like, all right, we get it. Uh, he gets fired pretty quickly, but it turns out the daughter of this family um, was also the motorcycle girl. Uh, I don't have a ton of notes for this episode. It is mostly uh, an animated episode. <laughs> Uh, we do see, uh, some, I think it's the most gratuitous nudity we see in the series yep. with a uh, motorcycle hence, girl just, you know, you know flicking the why, beam. Yeah.
1: Hence why it's my, my favorite uh, of the f- six episodes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, she's fully topless. She's, you know, she's, she's having some me time on her bike.
1: Using her bike, which is essentially like uh, a Sibian, but uh, gasoline powered. Um, that's, why, that's why she falls in love that's why she's like no one can beat me on this bike no one can excite me more than this bike Yeah, because what, what man can compete with the machine
0: turns out Kintaro that Mitsuzaki 5 is uh, the real deal so they get into an elaborate race I, I, I didn't take a ton of notes it basically ends with uh, Kintaro seemingly uh, falling to his death by uh, diving off a bridge
1: with, on his bike uh you know uh, this is quite an amazing race too like yeah like he uh from start (laughs) to finish it's like you think he's like he he thinks he has a chance and we all know he has no fucking chance like i said man versus machine and um he sort of keeps up for the first 10 seconds and then she's like all right enough fucking around and she just fucking guns it and um
0: but he's also like you know he's like doesn't he like hook uh himself to another car at one point he's also like uh
1: yeah. riding on
0: power lines i think
1: so what so so from start to finish the race happens uh she pulls away um she nearly makes a Porsche that was i believe in the beginning of the episode uh crash into uh one of the guardrails and so he the the Porsche um um you know tries to catch up with her, you know to fucking tell her off and everything like that, but her being you know a motorcycle rider and everything like that is able to outpace the porsche. Meanwhile, Kintaro is like still at the top of the mountain, trying to make his way down, and he sees to his left there's like a like a ravine uh, or a river, and there's like um concrete blocks that go down sort of a water flow thing, and he's like, "I think I can do it and so he starts to barrel down the mountain on this thing there and that's how he sort of catches up to them and then to catch up to her that's like you said he, he breaks out the the grappling hook thing that he has and hooks onto the the spoiler of the the porsche and it sort of drags him along uh slingshots him uh to the point where he's now in front of of reiko and as you can see he's sort of what they call dragging me where he's like basically almost horizontal on his, mo- on his bike, very much akin to what a motorcycle rider would do in a race, uh, sort of to get as much traction for the tires and, every- and like, you know, leaning over and everything like that. Uh, and he's showing her that he is quite the man. And yeah, uh, and, yeah and, and more hijinks ensue. And
0: he, he wins the race. He wins the race and gains her approval. But, uh, you know, he, he can't sit still for long. He's got to just go to the next uh, next uh, job. <laughs> study, 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 as he says. Yeah. Uh, so I, 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 I,
1: said, I tried to make that my mantra for like three months <laughs> after after I saw that. I'm like, I can do this. I can study. I can and then I was like, Nah, you know what? It's not for me.
0: I should also note the episode titles are pretty funny. The first episode is called computer studies. The second is called temptation of the maiden. The third is called danger. The Virgin's first love fourth <laughs> is called swimming in the sea of love. Five is called balls to the wall. And the final episode is called animation is fun. And
1: animation is fun.
0: Uh, I I just realized this from the notes um, the uh, the author of the uh, manga. He makes a cameo appearance in the episode but I, did, I didn't notice uh, and did and of course the uh, the original japanese he voices him too do you, do you happen
1: to know which character it was
0: uh they just say an animated rendition of tetsuya agawa voiced by the author himself makes a cameo appearance so
1: i don't know i wonder what i, I wonder what it. I probably the one who was the skinnier looking guy in the beginning that he sort of helps maybe
0: yeah, maybe. Uh, but yeah, he is. Oh yeah, that would actually make sense. The guy who's like into drawing erotic works, <laughs> mm-hmm. or that was,
1: it's either him or the guy he has to go pick up stuff from and deliver to. That could be the mm-hmm. other guy.
0: But yeah, so the premise of this episode is Kentaro works for an animation studio. So this episode gets to be very meta about you know the inner workings of, of anime, and it it is noted that this animation studio also happens to make hentai. <laughs> and he does bond with one animator Who might be the author We, we don't have confirmation uh, But he bonds with one animator over their love of boobs And how to draw boobs Yeah. The The lead girl is a girl named Chie She's a cell painter um, Kentaro in this episode Again Kentaro gets the less I feel like he gets less and less horny I just felt all his antics got More and more endearing for me And in this episode he's just like focused on the fact That the animators have a terrible diets
1: <laughs> Yeah
0: yeah. I love that shit. He's like, yeah, it's like their meals just consist of pre-packaged uh, meals from convenience stores. And yeah, he doesn't think they have a good diet. So he just starts home cooking them uh, some like vegetable meals. <laughs> I didn't see enough uh, smoking in, in this episode because like one thing I know from like uh, watching the Ghibli documentary and also just from watching the movie, um, the wind rises, which is also based in, 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 in the wind rises. I know the main character is like a, uh, he he makes aircraft, but like it's all smoking. And It's supposed to be just kind of like the Ghibli Studios, where it's just like a bunch of old animators just chain smoking.
1: Just chain smoking, yeah. Uh, well, I mean, that's very much, very much a thing that happens in in the nineties of Japan, where just everyone smoked, right? Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> um, but yeah, I found this uh, pretty good. The way this episode ties in everything together—that's where I'm like, oh shit, the series is something special. Because mm-hmm. you would think, again, just going by how you've been watching the show, you're like, okay. Each episode, new girl, new problem. But they have to, you know, they got to make the movie. In this movie, it's, like, about, like, uh, an evil Oni uh, harassing some some school children, some shit like that. And, you know, they got to make the movie happen. And Kentaro mm. saves the day. Oh, and there's also more toilet footage humor. I got a note for that. <laughs> uh, but Kentaro saves the day for the animators by calling up his boss from episode one to make some CG to, like, alleviate some of the work. He then uh, calls Hayami to film a video of her swimming as a reference. Noriko returns to cook some noodles for the animators. A voice actress bails, so he calls up Naoko and her friend because they're good at baking (laughs) baking things, which I just love. Uh, And then he tosses the final film reel to Reiko. So it all ties in together. Everyone helps out. I love it. It's a great little ending, and the film is a great success.
1: Yeah, it was, a good, it was a good way to tie in everyone and and, and show that Kintaro, like, sort of still is, um, like, beloved, and, like, people still love him, right? So,
0: And also, you know, again, these are the only six episodes of the anime to exist, so it, it does tie it up as a bow so you feel like a story has concluded in some way. Yeah. Uh, there's some great uh, after the uh, the film premieres there's some great like one off lines that I wrote down uh, one guy says if this film was a woman I'd marry her and call her Susie mm-hmm. uh, and then uh, Naoko's friend no Naoko says he's not leaving me a virgin and then her friend says have fun being deflowered yeah. <laughs> great gags yeah. yeah that's golden boy everyone Kentaro saves the day the women chase after him uh, Chie does not because you know they've got a movie to make so she's, she's a bit more focused because her story just has a little bit more left
1: mm-hmm.
0: that, is Boy. Yeah, uh, that is Golden Boy it's short and sweet it's short and sweet so normally we do a speed wagon segment but I think instead of a speed wagon segment we gotta ask who's the best girl
1: Oh, that's easy I already know it's Reiko
0: oh shit I was gonna say Nalco oh that's fine yeah, Re-
1: no, for me, Reiko. Reiko was it for me? That that that. <laughs> no, no, no,
0: no. elaboration.
1: Well, no, Reiko. I mean, at the time, okay. So for me, it's Reiko, and then it's Madam President. Uh, okay. Reiko, Reiko, because, um, I thought a motorcycle was cool. She looks really cool. Um, like, I like, I like the good girl, bad girl thing she has going on for her. Um, you know, uh what is it, a Angel in the streets and a demon in the sheets type of thing she's got going for her. Um I think also again this is hearkening back to like uh a a grade ten mark at the time. So it's like this is the one that had the most gratuitous like booby shots in here. So this is the one I like the most. But I thought that she was just the coolest out of them all. Um, because again, like I said, Google Bad Girl, motorcycle um yeah and that was it for me and then madam president just because i have a thing for blondes
0: yeah absolutely she she's got a good fashion sense <laughs> uh for, for me it's Naoko because i just found her to be a really fun foil she's she's the yeah. fun character again all all these characters are, are are drawn in a very are drawn very uh generously <laughs> i'll say that uh it's- but Naoko she's a fun character i like i like the fact that Especially for me, watching that first episode, I'm like, "Oh God, is it just going to be Kentaro being the horny one?" But no, nope, they wisely are like, "No, this time the girl is the one who's kind of who thinks she has it under control." But no, she's she's the one going wild for Kentaro, not the other way around.
1: Mm-hmm. And like you said, um, the the way that everything is drawn, it's it, again because of the time period of when it was made. It's got the very like you know '90s feel to it, right? With the with the animation style and the way that the characters are actually drawn. Um, and I think that that just really appeals to me, I guess, because of, um, I mean, just overall for the series, right? Like, um, you know, just like with Cowboy Bebop, um, Cowboy Bebop has a very distinct, um, character style and everything like that. And I and, and I, I wouldn't necessarily say that they're both the same, but they, um, I think they just fall within the realm of the way that 90s characters were drawn and, you know, Evangelion and, and how they were, but sort of, you know, like lankier appendages and, like, you know, longer limbs and everything like that and just the animation style. And that's sort of what made me love anime, right, um, growing up in the 90s. So this just has a, a certain appeal just both of my... Um, uh, nostalgic senses, but also to my like uh, visual, like love of, of animation.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And you know, first of all, we, we didn't even mention that this being an OVA, the animation is gorgeous as an OVA. It had a lot more money than a TV show too. So that's the other thing. Uh, I think the show looks gorgeous. Anyways, final thoughts on golden boy. I'll go first. I'll let you uh, uh, have a little more time to chew, Mark. Yeah. The show's fun. I'm glad I watched it. Like I said, uh, I'm glad. I'm glad it progressed. I'm glad the show starts off in one spot in episode one, and it doesn't stay there. It gets more and more endearing. Certainly, when that first episode, I'm like, "Oh fuck, Kentaro sucks. This kid's annoying. I can't handle this shit." But by the end, I'm like, "Nah, Kentaro rules." And mm-hmm. it is disappointing that you know the manga does not continue that level of quality that uh, made Golden Boys such a classic, but. Such is life. Mark, how about you?
1: I mean, yeah. Like I said before, like the whole reason why I, I brought this anime up was because it's one of my favorite animes of all time. Um, and it's always one that I will always recommend to anyone who is sort of open to it. Um, if anyone's looking for a comedy, I'll give them this. If they want something a little bit more kind of edgier, like in the, in the realm of the adult, while still not being whatever, I'll give them this as well. Um... If they're looking for something fun, I'll, I'll say, you know, Golden Boy, like whatever you like. Um I don't know, I just it, it like I said before it, when we first started, it has a special place in, in 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 my heart for me just because you know, I was a teenage kid and just exploring like different a- avenues of art or or just things that I like and this was really cool at the time. It felt I don't know, it felt like I I found something like uh something I don't know, cool. And uh, yeah, and it, and I guess in a sense it was and it still is. And just sort of the stories for me, like personal touches of like bootlegging the VHSs, so that I'd have my own bootleg copies that I can watch at any time, Um, and sort of just reminiscing to being in California and just the good times for me. So, um, and overall, it is unfortunate that the manga sort of uh, derails itself into a a, like, which apparently is a a train wreck. But um, it's nice that Golden Boy can sort of survive that train wreck and just be good on its own right like it it is sort of like um, you can just put it in in, in like a a time capsule and just be like hey this is a good uh, six digestible episodes and you can just watch it and and just enjoy it for what it was right so yeah
0: Yeah, absolutely I'm again it's only six episodes you can watch it in the afternoon and boom it's done golden boy good show Uh, Mark where can people find you
1: I'm on Twitter for now until it burns to the ground. So I'm at Twitter at mblancaflor. That's M-B-L-A-N-C-A-F-L-O-R. You can find me on Instagram as well. Same thing, mblancaflor. Um... I have a separate hobby account, full-fledged footy fan with the World Cup going on at this time. Uh, Something to think about, but don't know what I'll do there. But aside from that, that's pretty much where you can find me. If you all want to hit me up and just shoot the shit, chat, whatever, I'm always down. I think the DMs are open. I'm not sure. Uh, I know they are on Instagram, so probably hit me up there. Uh, But aside from that, uh, I'm open and, you know, yeah, that's where you can find me.
0: Twitter's going to charge for Instagram uh, for DMs. Apparently that's the new really? that's, that's a- allegedly we'll see if it happens. You know, you yeah. know how Musk works.
1: I'm on Mastodon now. So
0: I will now, uh, I, now I heard hive is the new one. We're all just like bouncing between things. It's like,
1: yeah, until, you know, it's kind of weird. You want to sort of like get onto all the platforms so that you can get your, your, your username and, and just sort of solidify that. Um, but there's going to be so many hive this one, uh, Mastodon blue sky. I think blue sky is the one that came from the previous creator of Twitter and he's creating a new one. Um, so I don't know that that one's that one's still in the, the, the beta stages. You can sign up for that, but, uh, yeah. Well, um, yeah, that's me. Yeah,
0: you can find me at, uh, only real Jack M on Twitter. Jack is Jack on Instagram find at is this anime pod on Instagram and Twitter. We're barely on Twitter. We we basically jumped off Twitter way before it was cool to jump off Twitter. Instagram mm-hmm. is where it's at. Um but yeah, check us out. You've been listening to this podcast. You've kept up with us. So yeah, uh I I don't have a we don't know what episode will be next. The the backlog has been reduced. We're still keeping this weekly uh fingers crossed for now. But yeah, just keep listening.
1: Um have yeah. You, uh- let me ask: Have you taken requests from from um, listeners
0: yet? We've taken some requests. Yeah, we we did Yuri on Ice. That was a request. You know what?
1: Yeah. I actually just started watching Yuri on Ice. Couldn't make it past like episode five.
0: Fair enough. I think we covered up to episode five, so there we go. <laughs> you could <laughs> just <laughs> listen to the podcast and be like, "Okay, that's the that's the one we did." Yeah, we Yuri, on, Yuri, on Yuri on Ice is fine. It's fine.
1: Yeah. Uh, I just yeah.
0: I I think. I, yeah. My my oh, go on.
1: <laughs> No, it's just my, my like my ADD brain was just uh, ADHD brain. So I was like, ah, I'm bored. I'm I think
0: kidding. my I think my favorite um, sports anime with homer erotic tones was Skate the Infinity. That was more fun.
1: That one actually was that fun. I actually watched also like four or five episodes of that. I'm like, oh, this is kind of cool. Like different way of skating. And what actually the fact that the uh, the main character was from Vancouver, if I recall, uh, or spent time in Vancouver. Uh, made me watch it a little bit longer.
0: We we need Canadian representation in anime. That's the important representation.
1: <laughs> yes, yes. As as a Canadian based podcast. Yes.
0: More Canadian representation in anime. Re- hashtag representation matters. Fuck it. That's going to be and our <laughs> and remember, Canadian representation matters. Bye. <laughs>